0: 3,000 years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant.
1: The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is?
0: It's a transmitter.
1: It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark.
0: If it is there, Atanis, And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil.
1: I'll tell you everything. Yes,
0: I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. There
1: you go. We have no time. We you still want the ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo.
0: Yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas.
1: All the galaxies,
0: all for you.
1: Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, broadcasting live right here on Fandom Empire on YouTube. Man, oh man, it's good to be back and talking about something that you guys in particular – picked yourselves. Cuz we had some we had other plans this week. I'm just going to say we were thinking about doing something else and then you guys were like, "No. No. No. We're doing something completely different." And that's what we're going to be talking about. Tonight, as you see from what's around me, we're going to be talking about Indiana Jones. Raiders of the Lost Ark turns 40 years old this month. And uh yeah, Gonna be talking about that and we're gonna be reading uh you guys' questions and comments, and it's gonna be a heck of a lot of fun. before we can do that, of course, introductions are in order. My name is Ben, and joining me is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Zach Arnold. How's it going, man? Dude, I almost
0: died tonight. I heard. I heard. <laughs> uh, this show almost didn't happen. I'm just putting that out there. This show legit was minutes away from being postponed because I like literally thought I was going to be bedridden or I was going to have to go to the hospital. And I really didn't, I didn't like the prospect of either of those. And so I popped a couple of Benadryl and I'm fighting through the side effects of that. And uh, yeah, here I am. Um, thank God for those, for, for those of you who don't know, and there's probably a lot of you out there who don't know me as well as you're about to get to know me. Um, I am deathly allergic to pineapple of all the weird things. There's peanut allergies. There's gluten allergies. There's shellfish. Mine is pineapple. It's the damnedest thing. And like 95 to 99% of the time, I don't really have to think about it or worry about it. Pizza really isn't my scene. I prefer pasta. That's just been a personal preference. Maybe it's because I've grown to appreciate that since I developed the allergy. I don't know, but like, I really don't have to worry about pizza all that much. And most of the time, I don't have to worry about it in the other foods that I eat. I'm just not a fan of pina coladas. I'm not really a fan of, you know, pineapple burgers or whatever. So, you know, most of the time, I don't have to worry about it. But tonight, I went to a party, and they had this thing called a taquero, which is a person that does mobile setup and takedown for tacos. And the tacos that they made had pineapple in them, of all things. Mm, mm. And... I wasn't there when I when I like to, when I got my food. My girlfriend actually got me the food, and I didn't really look at it because I was thinking tacos, not a big deal. But yeah, there was actually pineapple, like diced up little pieces of pineapple in the taco, and I ate one of them. Mm-mm-mm. And that is the first time that I have eaten pineapple straight up. Like I've had like cross contamination with some pineapple residue before where like somebody made a pina colada and then made my frozen margarita and I got sick from the leftover pineapple juice, but I haven't eaten pineapple directly in almost 14 years. Wow. And so that's how well I've been able to actively avoid it. But, um, Tonight was just a very fluke, freak accident. Nobody really knew anything. Nobody nobody could have guessed. Nobody could have predicted. I'm not mad at anybody. But I did have to pop, like, two Benadryl as soon as I found out that pineapple was in the taco. I had one street taco. One street taco. Those are made on silver dollar tortillas that are about that big. Right. One. And it had some diced up pineapple. like So probably maybe one, two, three at the max, little pineapple chunks. And it's enough to make me sick. So... So we're of, in a
1: race right now to get this show done <laughs> before the Benadryl kicks in. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's,
0: it's kicking in a little bit. You're going to get like a little bit of the crazy Zach tonight, but that's okay. I like that Zach. So. Crazy, crazy Zach is fun Zach. So like we're going to have some Zach. crazy fun tonight. Talking about Raiders of the Lost Star. Going back to the topic of the evening. Not talking about me. I don't like talking about myself. Uh, DMT Infinity says in the chat, Zach definitely doesn't like pineapple on pizza. Zach just doesn't like pizza. And I know that's not going to be a very popular statement, but I, like I said, I will take fettuccine Alfredo over any kind of pizza, most any day.
1: So I remember, I remember going to the, I think it was the Rogue One premiere with you in Hollywood mm-hmm. at the Chinese mm-hmm.
0: theater and yep.
1: Stephen Stanton, voice of Admiral Raddus and all those characters bought us pizza, brought pizza to the theater and, like, boxes and boxes were like, yay, pizza! And Zach sitting over in the corner like, um, okay, so I saw this Mexican place, like, two blocks down. I'm going to
0: go there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, poor Zach. But, like,
1: I yep. get it. I totally get it. Like, you just can't take yep. any chances.
0: Now, like, uh, no, no offense to Steven or, or any pizza establishment, but they don't exactly hire rocket scientists that work there all the time. So if somebody so much as takes a pizza roller and rolls a Hawaiian pizza – and then rolls my cheese pizza or whatever, that cross-contamination is enough to give me a stomach ache. And so anything more than that, and we're talking hospital visits. So definitely not a fan of pina coladas, not a fan of Hawaiian pizzas. Uh, It's just, it's part of my life and I've learned to live with it. But the, the interesting dynamic, and I I swear I'm going to stop after this. (laughs) The interesting dynamic is I'm in a relationship. And, Up until now, it's really not something that she has had to think about. And bless her heart, she has to start thinking about it now for my sake. And I love her for that. And I appreciate it a lot. But it's also super not fair to her because it's not her allergy. It's not something that she needs to restrict herself on. It's not something that she's supposed to check on all the time. And yet now she is. And so if she ends up watching this, which I sincerely doubt because she's still at the party. um, Thank you for looking out for me and being concerned about me, babe. I appreciate it. I just, there's nothing that anybody could have done, but the Benadryl is holding off the stomach pains for now. And it's going to kick into high gear and get me crazy in the not too distant future, which is perfect to celebrate a crazy anniversary like this, dude, we've seen set photos of Indy five. People have been sending us stuff about that. (laughs) And here I am thinking, Oh my God, Harrison Ford's pushing 80, which means he was pushing 40 when they made this movie because it's coming up on being 40 years old as of tomorrow. It is insane to think about that this franchise started 40 years ago, and here we are 40 years later still watching Harrison Ford kick ass like he always has and always will. He's he's unstoppable. I
1: think genuinely – he drank that cup in Last Crusade. Drank that water, and it just gave him eternal life. It gave Harrison Ford eternal life. He's never gonna that's stop. The,
0: that's the only explanation. At but, this point, like
1: it's amazing to see the photos. And guys, if you haven't seen, just like Google, you know, Indy Five photos, or just go on Twitter. Or whatever, they're everywhere. And there's photos of him all dressed up. He's back in the hat and the fedora. And got the whip and everything, and he was – there was – the most recent ones were with uh, Toby Jones out in the UK. I saw that. He didn't that. even know he, were, he was in the movie, and now he's showing up on set out in the English countryside near I think mm. it was near the Scottish border Um, out there doing Indy 5 stuff, so – I don't know what's going on. There was a castle on fire at some point.
0: There were mocap dots on his face too. You're correct there. You are very –
1: and shout out to uh, our good buddy Jake Damon who we were talking to before the show. He could not make it tonight, but he pointed out a lot of different things, and he said that there was mocap stuff. If you look on him like his jacket, there was like dots right there, and there was stuff around here. And so... If you, zoom means-
0: in, if you zoom in on the picture of his face, he looks like he's got chicken pox. Oh, wow. I didn't even like, see that. Like like straight up, like big freckles all across his forehead and cheek.
1: And see, and there's another shot, there was another sequence in the, during the night where he's on a motorcycle and there's like a train, like a big Nazi train, so like we're going back in time, clearly, to because last time movie he was he was fighting communists, so you know that was right. the whole thing. Um, but this time there was someone because they use these things uh, in movies now where they'll have a stunt man wear like a really realistic mask that like is like really detailed. Look like it's it's a Harrison Ford Indiana Jones mask, but it's got brown hair, <laughs> not gray hair. So mm. that's a tip off that, like, we're going back in time, y'all, probably a little, little flashback. I'm assuming probably. at the very least, it's going to be like Last Crusade style, you know, going back. The opening sequence will be young Indy and then we'll flash forward to the 1960s, maybe where older Indy is doing whatever he's doing. Or maybe it's more maybe it's more than what we, we think. Maybe it's more part of the movie that, you know, will have like, you know, kind of bridging the gap because, yes, Harrison Ford is. Is getting a bit old. He's he's maybe not bit. maybe not able to do all the stuff that he used to do, understandably. But now that he now they can kind of have this technology and go, okay, maybe we can fill in with stunt men. We can do this different things and and have a story that maybe even is set prior to Raiders of Lost Art because Jake and a bunch of other people have been pointing out that Toby Jones could be playing Abner Ravenwood. That would which, be cool. If you just watched Raiders, which we did, guys. We we I hope everyone uh, got the test and uh, prepared for this episode because we watched Uh-oh. Raiders Lost Ark tonight. Um, and so, what part of that movie is like? You know, you got Marion and Abner is of course dead at that point. She's says, "Oh, this all this stuff happened ten years prior." So, like, are we going ten years in the past before Raiders? And if so, like, we're going to deal with a really young indie, That could be interesting.
0: There's there's a lot of potential out there, and I like the casting of Toby Jones. I really, really like the casting of Toby Jones. Regardless of the role he's playing, he is one of those guys that fills a role you didn't know needed to be filled until you see him play it, and then you're like, oh, he was perfect for that. He's one of those obscure, perfect castings. And, oh, yeah. and to have that opportunity for him in an Indiana Jones film is awesome. Uh, I almost forgot. Jesse said, dude wrecked a plane and lived. He's immortal. Yeah, Harrison Ford. Like, he, exactly. he's, he's unstoppable. He really is. And, Alex, I'm, I'm going to address your question as well. Um, I have an allergy to shellfish. Does Benadryl actually help? That would be useful info. Um in all honesty, Alex, it really depends on the severity of the allergy, because for some people, like with peanuts, their throat swells up and they have to have epinephrine. Um, for me, it's more of a digestive allergy. Uh, I end up feeling like my stomach is trying to eat itself. That's the best way I can describe it. It's as yeah. if it's as if I'm being bitten from within, not from without. Like sometimes I've felt like, you know, dogs biting or kids biting your arm or something like that. Like that is the impact coming down onto you. This is coming out from it as if I've got like an alien in my stomach or something. Your
1: body's like rejecting it. Like your body just doesn't like it.
0: Okay. Scientifically, one of the strongest acids in food is the acid found in pineapple called bromelain. My it's a theory, of, it's a lot of
1: barbecue sauces.
0: My yes, it is. It's in sweet baby rays, and I hate going to Rangers games and not being able to eat barbecue sauce because they are the official barbecue sauce of the Texas Rangers. What the f? Whatever. But with me, I posit the theory that the bromelain is actually fighting my stomach acid, and my stomach acid is losing because once oh, I'm finished yeah. digesting it, once it runs its 36 to 48 hour course, I'm back to normal. And so I feel like I'll be fine by tomorrow, but mine is a digestive allergy, so yes, the benadryl does help kind of numb the pain and work against those allergens. Uh, but for somebody that has the type that you break out or the type that you know your your throat swells up and you can't breathe anymore, it's probably safest to have an epipen, but I don't carry one because I just never let my allergy get that severe.
1: Yeah, so, I'm, my my only experience, all my allergies are outwardly. So unless like, unless I go eat some grass or
0: <laughs> eat a cat, um, I'm okay. <laughs> there's, no,
1: there's no. Oh,
0: uh, I could make so many eating cat innuendos right now, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Or eat a dog, or and that just gets weird. All right, it just gets weird. Man's best
1: friend, not meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, real quick, I just want to go over because uh, there has been a lot of news for Indy 5, and we're going to get mm-hmm. into Raiders of the Lost Ark very, very shortly. Um, uh, mm-hmm. before Zach goes to sleep, um, but oh, I'm, uh, I'm
0: sleeping in tomorrow, you can bet on it.
1: Yeah, you, 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 I think you earned it at this point. Um, so this is directed by James Mangold, not by Steven Spielberg. Spielberg is out, Lucas is out. Um, we got images of Kathleen Kennedy and, and Frank Marshall on set, so they're like the only OGs that are in the house. Uh, the rest is new blood, except for Mr. John Williams, who is back to do the music. Um, let talk about someone else who is invincible, ne- not going to stop, ever stop. John Williams just keeps on keeping on, and I'm here for more indie music from Johnny Williams. Kiss a Wookiee,
0: kick a Droid, fly the Falcon through an asteroid. Yeah, we're gonna get hit for copyright <laughs> if I sing much more of that. So, don't sue us, um, please. Don't sue us, uh, uh,
1: Mr. Johnny Williams.
0: I, I I love the Indiana Jones theme. Like the Raiders of the Lost Ark slash Indiana Jones main title theme is. Like, if I recall correctly, it's in my top five, maybe just in my top 10. I don't recall. It's been a while since we've done our top five John Williams scores. I may have to go back and look at that list, but it's just, it's iconic. You hear that, and there's nothing else that you think of. And like, instantly, things turn kind of that reddish yellow hue, like you see in the frames here. Instantly, you think of a fedora and a whip and a leather jacket. Uh, Like, you hear that music, and it's like, you're going on an adventure again. And I I love that he's coming back. I love that he's reprising the role. And I love the the option of going with James Mangold. Like, don't get me wrong, I wish it was Spielberg. I, I truly do. But if there was ever anybody that could pick up the reins and and take this to the next level, it would be the director of the movie Logan.
1: I I agree. I think this. I think you know, having Harrison Ford back is great at all, but maybe injecting some new blood into this and getting a new perspective on this, I think, is is great and giving Mangold the thing. I'm hoping in the future maybe he can do more. I'm just saying, I don't know if if I don't know if uh, if uh, I don't give, know if Harrison Ford Mangold. is going to be is Harrison Ford's going to be doing this in his 90s. Um, I'm hoping maybe they'll recast
0: at some point, but like more indie from Mangold will be great. More indie from Mangold and dare I say perhaps some Star Wars from him somewhere down the line. He he almost did that Boba Fett movie, apparently.
1: Like it was in the wind. It was gonna happen. So hopefully there he's on the Lucasfilm, you know, he's in the Lucasfilm phone book. Hopefully they'll call him back at some point. Um and you know, he could ju- leapfrog leapfrogment. From maybe, maybe well, how he got this job was he was almost doing both. Oh, would you rather do Indiana Jones? Okay, so uh, I I don't know, but uh, I just I'm curious how this movie is gonna set everything up and how it's gonna end the saga or perhaps start a new one um because you know i think this is obviously harrison ford's last one probably of course could have said the same about crystal skull and he just, yeah, yeah, here we are
0: yeah true so it's
1: uh you know never say never with harrison ford because as i said he is a god he is <laughs> he's he's never gonna stop but uh oh also um we got a cast um so we got uh as i said toby uh toby jones uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mickelson, Thomas Kretschmann, Boyd Holbrook, and Seanette Renee Wilson. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of others, but that's a really great cast, especially especially excited for Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Mads Mickelson, who are
0: fantastic. Yes. Yes. I mean, obviously, the only thing I really, really know Phoebe Waller-Bridge from is Solo. Thank but, you. I mean, the, the best thing that I know Mads Mickelson from is Rogue One. So, like, I I saw him in Casino Royale. I saw him in, um, what was it, Doctor Strange? Yeah, so Doctor I mean, Strange. he yeah. he he's he's got some really great range. But his best range is as the villain. And if there was ever anybody that could do that villain type role, it would be him. But even if he's not, we saw with his role as Galen Urso that he could do the beleaguered hero. If he needed to. So I'm just excited to have him on. I'm excited to have Waller bridge aboard seeing Toby Jones. Like this sounds like a game of one, two, three Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller bridge and Toby Jones. Uh, yeah. sounds not to me. <laughs> Seriously. It could be,
1: <laughs> but well, it, it, it would, I guess it would have been fake a few months ago, but now it's not now here we are. Um, and very, Oh yeah, just, it's great cast. Very exciting. Um, And and I've heard I don't want to get too deep into spoilers, but I did hear something about Mads Mikkelsen possibly wearing a Nazi uniform.
0: That would not surprise me. I've seen like some swastikas on stuff in the background, and I think they did that on on the train. I think there's like some sort of train sequence involved. Um, So like none of that would surprise me, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, Let me see. I'm I'm trying to keep up with with some of the stuff in the chat as well. Uh, Hex Howell says, I hope we see George Lucas and Steven Spielberg on the set as well. And John Williams' music is nothing but gold. You know, Lucas showed up on the Mandalorian set, so it wouldn't be too far-fetched to see him show up on the indie set, especially something that was kind of one of his, you know, projects, him and his his and Steven's. So, you know, seeing something like that is definitely um, a possibility. But until we actually get confirmed photos, I'll just be like, yeah, it, it would be okay if it's if he's there. It would be okay um, if not. George keeps daring me to sing more of that song. I tell you what I'll do, George, is maybe I'll record a video and I'll put it in the Intergalactic Peace Hangout so that we don't get slapped for copyright. Because since it's an acapella video, technically, I feel like we probably could get slapped for copyright if we sent too much. Do it song. on TikTok. I, I might. I haven't been doing much on TikTok lately. Go follow me at Zach the Voice on TikTok, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, wherever you got social. Use that it's all, voice, man. It's, it's all the same username now, which is really cool. That's but branding. branding. That is branding done right. I had to pay for it. There was a guy on Instagram who already had that name, and I had to pay him for it. But I've got it Ooh. on every platform now, which I consider an investment. Because one of these days, that's going to be worth something. Yep, yep. But, anyways, um, I hope Drew Sturzon comes back to do the poster artwork for the film, says Kenny. Uh, the indie posters are usually very, very top notch. So, if they are able to do okay. that, that would be it's, cool. It's
1: funny. It's funny. Um, James Mangold has been like openly campaigning to get Drew on back <laughs> on Twitter. He's been like replying to all Drew Strojan's Twitter posts like, hey, man, you're going to come back? You're going to come back? And it's like, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so uh, they're they're like, Kenny, uh, James Mangold is in your corner. That's all I'm going to say.
0: When you got James Mangold in your corner, uh-oh, I got a little fuzzy there. <laughs> I stretched, and now my thing's out of focus. Hello, that is my hand. Hello, this is my face. There we go. There. Oh, wow. I that that's about how fuzzy my head feels right now just being honest. Um but when okay, when, when so, you when you got when you got stuff like that it, this movie is basically setting itself up for success which is the one thing that I'm probably most excited about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But okay, let's get into our actual discussion topic tonight. And mm-hmm. I want to read a message from our good buddy Matthias who mm-hmm. And, and like I said, we had something else. Thing full disclosure: we were going to talk about Justice League tonight. All right, we had Snyder decided, cut. Snyder cut was on the table tonight. We we're going to discuss it finally, and you know we're going to we already planned on how much we were going to watch of it because it's the four hours, and we don't always have that kind of time. But uh, we're like, okay, we're going to do this, and then Matthias sends us a message in the intergalactic peace hangout. Which, if you're not a fan, and you're not a member, definitely go check that out. A lot of great discussions going on in there. He sent us a message and said, Hey, Zach Arnold and Ben Hart, would you be interested in doing an episode on the first Indiana Jones movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, since on June 12th, um, it will celebrate 40 years. Would be very fun to hear what you guys have to say. And then you put it to a vote. (laughs) (laughs) not much of a vote like 20 to one i think francisco was the only one who Francisco,
0: (laughs) francisco he said he was just trying to go against the grain and rest assured we will end up talking about the snyder cut at some point it's worth discussing um but i mean overwhelming majority was like uh yeah let's go do indiana jones like hello is that even a question which i think is a testament to the franchise and a testament to the movie that even though it's turning 40 years old, people would still rather hear reviews about that than hear reviews about Justice League Snyder Cut, which came out this freaking year. <laughs> you hear that, like, Zack Snyder? Like, hey, Zack, other Zach, your stuff still doesn't hold up to a 40-year-old film. Take that.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Dude. Well, okay. the, the people have spoken. And here we are.
0: And I, we're going to talk. We've we watched
1: not, this movie, and we're going to talk about it.
0: I am not complaining about this at all. Like, I love this movie. I love this franchise. Even though Temple of Doom kind of freaks me out a little bit sometimes. Like, yeah. like like it's the thing that created the PG-13 rating, basically. So, like, I, I think my my concerns are justified. But, I mean... Uh, I I love what they did with this. It's so different. It's so unique. It's so original. It's so action-packed, and according to the Big Bang Bang Theory, it's completely unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) I've been hearing
1: this. This is a clip that you showed me Mm -hmm. uh, recently because I think also Matthias said, oh, guys, you got to talk about this. Mm-hmm. and there's this one episode of Big Bang Theory, and
0: and this has been floating around for a long time. I just watched the clip. It's, and it's the years point. old. Like I looked up the wiki article. I'm going to collapse this because I don't want that. Uh, this episode came out in October of 2013, so this is a theory wow. that's been going around for several years now. But, I mean, essentially it posits that if Indiana Jones had not been a part of this Raiding of the Lost Ark, Everything that happens still would have turned out exactly the same. (laughs) The Nazis still would have recovered the medallion, found the Ark, taken it to the island, opened it up, and all died. Just like they did.
1: Just been way more boring.
0: It just, I mean, you wouldn't have been having these epic chase scenes. You wouldn't have been having these romantic love interests. Like, you wouldn't have had any of this other stuff that you get in the film that makes it as epic as it is. But it's interesting to think about. Do you have any counterpoint that would like, like refute that idea that if Indiana Jones was not part of this adventure, that things still would have come out exactly the same?
1: Um, I think the counterpoint is actually in that Big Bang episode because at the end they kind of talk about like, okay, well, they they end up getting the ark, like the, the Nazis are all killed, and Indy gets the ark and takes it back to the U.S. and then it gets put into a. A giant warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so he doesn't get it, but he gets it away from the Nazis. And like, you know, maybe, you know, if what happened and Indy and Marion had not been there, there could have been a situation where like the you know, the the Nazis came looking for their party and they didn't find them, but they found the ark, and it could have still ended up in Nazi hands. Indy prevented mm-hmm. that. So that's the biggest thing. But, you know, it is funny. I think people sometimes take this a little too seriously because that's what people do in fandom stuff online is take things way too seriously. But, you know, the whole idea of like, oh, this movie doesn't matter. Like, no, it doesn't. It's just just a fun thing to like think about. It's like, okay, this is, you know, it is like generally speaking, yes. If Indy had not done what he did, you know, they would have just, gotten the 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 plot would have just moved faster basically it wouldn't have changed which is fascinating from a storytelling point of view it's like okay taking certain elements out like oh what could happen not really much of anything would happen because like you know they they you know he stopped them from getting the medallion which just slowed them down they would have eventually found it i guess they would have found it anyway because like they're digging up the whole site but like Mm
0: -hmm. um but you know it's well, just funny. It's very funny. And they, and they ended up digging in the wrong place because the Nazi dude that grabbed the medallion only had one half of the, of the inscription on his hand. On
1: his, on his hand, yeah. But
0: if Indy doesn't go to Mongolia, then they probably end up getting the whole medallion and they're able to interpret it and transcribe it and look in the correct place. Jesse is quoting the butterfly effect to us in the chat <laughs> online. And he says... Since he doesn't get involved, strategies change of the enemy and people don't have that threat to respond to. That is true. They don't have that threat to respond to. But since they brought Belloc on as an advisor, regardless of whether Indy was going to have that rivalry with Belloc, I think he still would have advised opening it before opening it up for the Fuhrer. So the idea of, of – I think Belloc is kind of the X factor here. If you have Indy advising somebody or if you have somebody else advising the Nazis, whatever, like then maybe they don't go to that island. Maybe those Ooh. events don't transpire. But you I know, not going- thought about that, the fact that like they – like Belloc is like,
1: okay, we don't want to open this in case like it's, there's nothing in it. And we're going to get embarrassed
0: by Hitler. They could have taken it to Hitler and it could have killed Hitler. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So now that they know what happens, they don't take it to the Fuhrer. And, you know, yes, it does go into storage, but he was supposed to recover it to be put on display at a museum. And he didn't even achieve that which is something that they talk about in like the little final scene at the end of that Big Bang Theory episode. Season 7, Episode 4, for those of you that are HBO Max subscribers, um, I've been going through the whole series. I'm in the final season right now, loving it, wow. making so many great pop culture and sci-fi references. They've talked about Battlestar Galactica, Babylon 5, Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, Firefly. Like They've made so many nerdy pop culture references that I have a hard time keeping up sometimes. Freaking and freaking amazing and credit to
1: the writers for pointing that out and like doing it in the way that like just perfection like just that and like making you think and you know you're you're with. You're with them. You're like, uh, mm. no, 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 you're wrong. Wait, oh, wait a minute. Wait, mm. a minute. You're actually right. They, they like, discuss oh, it, it like three it times. Me. It ruined the movie. for You ruined Raiders of Because that's what people, that's what nerds do. It mm. ruined it for us. Because we knew this information or whatever.
0: Here's, here's the other thing to consider. If Belloc wasn't an advisor, and they do bring it to the Fuhrer, then Indy does not get Hitler's autograph in the last crusade. Yeah. There's no, I would assume there's no, there's no autograph. There's, to no, receive.
1: there's no world war II either. I would assume.
0: Right. Or somebody else just takes his place. Cause he had a pretty good following I mean, by that. That's point.
1: the conundrum though. That's the whole like time travel conundrum that people always think. It's like, okay, you get the time, you get a time machine. Do you go back in time and kill baby Hitler? And it's like, uh probably not because as we're learning in loki you know Mm -hmm. you you screw you tend to to screw things up you get off your path you change things you know you know time travel movies have been telling us this for years that you don't change anything because you can screw stuff up and make it even worse
0: small sidebar really enjoyed that first episode of loki excellent i really i'm really digging it so far I've heard that the second episode gets better, but I feel like that's a really subjective term because, in my opinion, this was the best of the three pilots. Like, I really, really, really enjoyed the pilot for WandaVision, but it's a very niche pilot. This one is accessible because it has direct ties into Endgame. And so, like, anybody that sees that particular scene and knows what happens, remembers what happens... They can pick up and hit the ground running exactly from that point on, and you're good to go. So I, I think it's the best pilot of the three. You mm. delve into Loki's storyline a hell of a lot more than you do even in Thor The Dark World, which oh. actually – this show mentions the dark world it, like implicitly which is very brave of it because most people would rather forget that the dark world exists in the MCU. It's
1: amazing how relevant the dark world has been these past few years since that like the, like Marvel was just like, "Oh yeah, that movie you didn't like and you just forgot about." It. Yeah, it's like extremely important to the overall <laughs> plot of mm-hmm. like the MCU and the whole, you know, time heist and all that kind of stuff and now coming back in yep. Loki. You know, yep. that's a huge moment for him. You know, them, them losing their mother was massive. Loki was so close to her. And now I want to go back and watch the the dark world. Cause I'm like, was I wrong about that movie? Did it actually suck? Because it, it it's kind of important now.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. We're not here to talk about Loki. We're back here to, Raiders. to we're back here to, Raiders. to talk about, we're here to talk about Raiders. I personally find that theory from the big bang theory to be rather amusing But at the same time, I'm kind of with you, Ben, that we don't get the action drama comedy that we would if he wasn't in the film. And that's kind of the whole damn point is to go on an adventure with Indiana Jones and see, you know, what happens from his point of view. It's a, it's a first person, limited omniscient point of view perspective, watching these events happen through Indy's eyes and, it's got some of the best chase sequences, some of the best fight scenes, some of the best uh, um, just just spy work. Almost when he's sneaking around yeah. on the on the on the U boat slash submarine. I think it's a submarine. Um, you know, all these different components coming together to make one really really awesome film. And whether he, you know, has a role to play in the film or not is irrelevant. I just enjoy it. I enjoy it for what it is, and I wish, I wish Amy Farrah Fowler had done that because, like, like I enjoyed it except for the glaring story problem, and I'm like, you ruining it, stop it.
1: <laughs> you know, I think, I think that theory just plays into the idea of Indiana Jones that he's not, he's not an all powerful character. He's not this guy that has all, you know, his whole plan. He knows exactly what he's doing he's as he says he's making this up as he goes like that's part of his character he is totally just winging it the entire time and the fact that he he the whole movie is just a struggle for him to stay ahead one step ahead and he's usually two steps behind because he's constantly fighting to get the the arc back you know he Gets it and, he, and he, he has Mary and he loses her and he gets there and, and he finally gets the arc and then he gets taken away from him. You know, that's his whole thing. It isn't until like the very end that like he actually comes out on top. That's part of his character. That's kind of the point of the whole movie is that he's a character that struggles and in, and you see that like in the, you know, the whole, you know, airplane fight. Is like he yep. gets his he gets his ass handed to him like multiple times, but he yep. still comes out on top. But he just gets he he he's the guy. He's the Captain America. He's
0: he will keep. He's fighting. the everyman. He's the he's the underdog everyman. But also at the same time is kind of like a hero because I sure as hell couldn't go up against a Nazi with burling biceps like that and push him into the propeller of a plane. Like that's not something that I could do like personally and so it's this very interesting blend of taking the the everyman the the university professor and the adventurer and putting both of them together into one iconic character it's just it's so well done
1: it is it's just like you know he will he just keeps fighting he will get back up and he is ultimately and this goes back to just the origins of the character, he's basically a cartoon character. Like, the stuff that happens in this movie, this is almost a live-action cartoon. And I know people love to hate on King and the Crystal Skull because it's too goofy or whatever, does weird things. And But, like, this movie just alone is a cartoon in some places. Like, I love the moment when the guy gets thrown out the front after Indy finally regains control of the truck, he gets thrown out the window and falls, and then you see a shy shot of the truck going by, and the guy's arms and legs go <laughs> throw up in the air as they hit him. Like that's a cartoon. That's a cartoon joke they This did in a live action movie. It's insane. It is.
0: It is. And I, honestly, again, going back to like some of those those cartoony tropes, how many people in existence do you know that would? end up being able to grab onto the the front of a car and then go kind of underneath it and grab the piping and go along the bed of the truck and then like heave yourself back up while the truck is driving like 40 50 miles per hour down the road like it's insane I would I would not it's it's an it's an amazing feat of upper body strength on the part of the stunt double but I and mean, he's been
1: shot in the arm
0: he's got he, a gunshot
1: wound and he's bleeding and he's been beaten up like all day long. Um, yet he's he's continuing. He, he keeps on keeping on, and he won't stop. He keeps. You know, you're expecting him to say, "I can do this all day." Like basically, like that's that's. Uh, if Captain America hadn't said it, I think Indiana Jones would have been a perfect
0: uh, candidate for that line because uh, it encapsulates him. I can see that. I, I can definitely see that. And maybe that's why I gravitate towards this franchise so much. You know, drawing these parallels, I I really gravitate towards Captain America as well. And so to to see those parallels between the two of them, it, it makes perfect sense, except Indy didn't get injected with superhuman juice. He's, he's just, just he's, a guy. He's, he's a just a teacher. Just a teacher? <laughs> like, that's exactly he's a teacher. A he's a teacher, all right, with some creepy-ass students. <laughs> I'm telling like, you, man. Like, they are, like... They are so like the weird, thirsty. The weird, They're the thirsty. Linking, she does like when you when you see him dismiss the class. How many dudes do you see in that class? Oh, it's 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 all it's all it's, dudes. It's very <laughs> few. It's very few. And I'm not trying to sound sexist, but I feel like a lot of the girls in that class just took it as an elective so they could learn from. Mr. Jones. No, I doc- think all of them. The I think
1: all of them are into him. I think all of them are into him, including the guys.
0: I was just about to say. I was, I was about to say there may be some representation going on there if everybody's taking the class. The 1930s.
1: Unfortunately, they're they're not able to express themselves, but I think they're just enjoying the view and let them.
0: I mean, I would enjoy taking a class that Harrison Ford was teaching, <laughs> and the man's like almost 80 now. Like I'd still just go sit in, but I wouldn't put love on one eyelid and you on the other eyelid and blink my affections to him. That's I, mean, I think just that—that's that's a
1: kind of a no-no anyway. Of like, yeah, you're you're in college and you're gonna you know go out with your thirty-something-year-old teacher. That's a no-no, I think. So uh, not a great idea, but they're still very thirsty, and it's funny, because, like, it totally trips him up, too. He's like, uh, uh, he's, like, very awkward, and he stops. He's like, okay, just class dismiss. Get out of here. You're creeping me out.
0: Just, just go. And to Chad's point in the chat, he says he was also just kind of a bad teacher. Like, the dude would go on freaking sabbatical, like, probably every year or a couple of times a year, and like, what are the students supposed to do then? Just read the chapters and, and take the test? There's no Scantrons back in that day, so... <laughs> Like wow. what are they what are they supposed to do? Uh Francisco says I want them to do the nuclear blast refrigerator scene again. Wrong movie, dude. Not talking about that one tonight. But I sincerely hope they don't. I that that was one scene that I had a hard time forgiving among <laughs> others. Uh, uh, we
1: well, have well, already been over that, all right? I'm not going to I have very oh. I, have some, I have some hot takes on that. So uh, here's
0: the here's the deal. We've been over the entire Indiana Jones franchise before. Very true. We we talked about this like our first year on the show. Like, before we even got a logo, we talked about Indiana Episode Jones franchise. Episode 30-something. It was very, very early on. And it was because it was such a popular franchise. It was such a popular request. We talked about all four movies in great detail back in 2014. So if you want to, go have a listen to that. We've got it available online in different platforms, different places. Um, but... It's been so long. I honest to God don't remember what I said. <laughs> Me neither. Like that's why I love doing these revisited things because like I I don't remember what we talked about. I don't remember what you said. I definitely I don't, remember. don't remember what
1: I said. So the like...
0: only top five that I remember is my top five movies that I'll never say no to. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember the sequence for any of the other top fives. I wrote them down. I listed them off, and then we ended the show, and that was it. It was done. There's no I mean, more. For
1: being honest, I don't even remember what we talked about like two weeks ago. So, like you know, I, 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 you know, it's uh, you know, these these episodes they happen and then they just whoop out my out out my brain. They don't. I don't remember them. I don't. I don't retain anything. So uh, I definitely ain't gonna remember something that happened six years ago.
0: Right. Right. Man, has it really been that long? Jeez. Uh, I would have a, to look up six like or, the exact date. Six and a half, probably. <laughs> yeah, I would assume. Jeez. It was like it was
1: in that bottom thirty that we did indie all four, which is
0: crazy. Uh let me see. George sent a question what's the deal with the US government blatantly lying to Indy about the museum getting to study the art to figure out what its powers are, Zach. It's-
1: it's
0: he's asking. Government. He's asking. He's asking me. Oh well. By all means, he's, you he's answer. Asking me. I'll. Uh, <laughs> George, I think the best comparison would be um, the rotunda scene from the Phantom Menace. Bureaucracy gets in the way. Bureaucracy gets in the way of getting stuff done, and there's there's just a lot of bureaucratic incompetence saying. We need to file it and hide it and never use it again, as opposed to leaving it in a place where it could possibly, like the museum could be broken into, that hell hath no fury could be unleashed a second time. It's not worth the risk. So they tell them they've got top minds working on it, when in fact those top minds are hiding it into obscurity so that its powers can't can't be utilized.
1: Well, and I also think that there is some, perhaps, some OSHA and violations there, some potential lawsuits if you put it in a museum. Say, for example, you're working in a museum with the Ark of the Covenant, you're just sweeping the floors, you're mopping up after hours, and you bump into the Ark of the Covenant. You knock the top off of it. Um, That's not going to end well for you. Um, so maybe they were worried about you know the, the cleaning crew maybe uh, you know getting the place haunted or something like that and getting themselves – getting their faces melted. So they said, hey, it's better off in a place where no one will
0: find it. But again, I think that goes back to the bureaucracy of it all. Instead of doing more paperwork, instead of trying to figure out what the best options are, it's just put it in a box and take it away. Don't even think about it. Don't even worry about it. We're, we're done with it and then it makes a nice little cameo in crystal skull which i thought was yeah. kind of clever but for the most part yeah i feel like it's bureaucracy getting in the way that's yeah. that's my that's my bottom line yeah.
1: i also like uh last crusade where they're in the sewers i think and there's like a hieroglyphic on the wall and and elsa's like oh is that the is that the ark of the covenant and, and he's like uh pretty sure he <laughs> just like you know just lets it go it's like yeah i know all about that been um, there done that doing this now but real quick i want to talk about the pacing of this movie how well just how well made this movie is just first of all this movie is less slightly less than two hours long it feels so much longer than that to me, like it but it's just so well edited it's tight, it moves like you're jumping from you know South america to to Nepal to Egypt, like you're doing all these things in a very short amount of time you almost feel like whiplash and for an older movie, which we all know like movies these days are like really quickly edited because like people don't have the attention spans anymore they we you know we're all th- things indie feels like a modern film in that sense that it's very just, like, they go right down to the wire. There's no leftovers. I don't know if there's any, like, extensive deleted scenes. I know there was a few I've seen. But, like, overall, it's very cleanly edited. And I think that's why what makes it so much fun is that you're not, you're never bored. There's no stopping points. It just goes, 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 and you're just sucked into the action. And, you know, and on top of that, the special effects, the, the acting, like, there's so many things that just, like, they nail it they absolutely nail it as one of the probably the best movies ever i'm just gonna say
0: my uh my girlfriend would disagree with you unfortunately oh she told me she would rather watch star wars again than watch indiana jones again because i told her i was gonna told her i was gonna do the rewatch to get ready for this for this show and she's like yeah i'm not gonna be there She's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not coming over that Wow, night. she skipped oh, out on the indie rewatch. She, she skipped out on the indie rewatch because she would rather watch Star Wars. So there there are a few people out there, they're probably in the minority, but there are a few people out there that feel like, you know, the story is not the best, the pacing is not the best, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, maybe it's going too fast, maybe it's going too slow. Like, I'm sure there are critiques out there for it. That but are wrong. Well, I mean... Amy's opinion from Big Bang Theory certainly got everybody thinking. So, I mean, I I get it. There's going to be differences of opinion. There's going to be people that that don't like it, that don't agree with it, that don't, you know, enjoy it quite as much as others. But for the most part, I'd say it's one of the more accessible films. You don't have to really love sci-fi. You don't really have to love fantasy. You don't really have to love, you know, laser swords whirring and spinning or anything like that, like... Most of what you end up watching is a regular guy, car chases, hand to hand combat scenes, a couple of gunfights. Like you're watching stuff that's all very regular and very real, but taken to the next level in order f- to make it like entertaining. They just take everything up a notch, and I think that's what I like is how up a notch the movie is. Um, in regards to the pacing, and regards to just about everything else, they just try and take it to the next level and make it something superb. And in my opinion, they did.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very ambitious movie, especially for the time. You know, it's doing it's trying to do so much, and there's so many. Just like every scene is iconic, from you know the flying wing scene to pretty much every second of the opening scene to you know the ending to you know the truck chase to everything it's so iconic and so just legendary. And so it just sucks you in so much. And I think that's what makes it so, such a strong movie. Is that like it's, it's firing on all cylinders at all times. And it's a movie that's just so well, you know, it's so well executed and so well written. And, and, and so it's so funny. It's like, it's a hilarious movie. Like I said, it's so goofy. It's not taking itself too seriously. This is not James Bond or anything like that. You know, it's it's meant it's telling you this is this is weird, this is goofy, but it's supposed to be fun. And did you know- somebody
0: say goofy? Goofy. <laughs> yup, yep, yep, somebody definitely said that this movie was goofy. Yeah, choke me up. <laughs> so now so now we're talking about the goofy movie, is that what we're saying? Hey, I'm open to talking about the goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> I broke Ben. You did I broke him? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, one of us has got to stay well for the rest of the show, all right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, this to me.
0: Jesse says, oh, I'm uh, introducing it to my daughter this weekend. I hope she likes it. She loves the Clone Wars, so hope she likes Indy. Well, Jesse, show her um, the the Ryloff arc before you watch uh, Indiana Jones, because the Ark of the Covenant actually shows up among Wat Tambor's treasures that he loads up on the shuttle right before he tries to escape, so... There's a lot of Star Wars, Indiana Jones crossovers, but that one's like one of my favorites.
1: That is, I love that so much. And there's so many other Easter eggs passed between both franchises. That's just, that's just great.
0: And what was the one in the ARK room? It's a hieroglyph of 3PO and R2, right? I think, I think that's, I think that's something that we get. I, I actually pulled up an article that shows like the Easter eggs between the two franchises. I'm trying to see. Um, C-3PO and Obi-Wan, uh, if you look closely, the plane's serial number is O-B-C-P-O. Yep, yep, that's, that's, the jocks plane is there.
1: uh, I never, I never knew that. And then in the background of one of the shots, I don't know if it's actually being seen in the movie, but I know it's there, when Sala or Indy are going in to get the arc out, there's a little hieroglyphic of R2 and 3PO. That was pretty Mm -hmm. well known. I'm trying to think of
0: any others. There's, there's we another one. Have, we do
1: have a question about that later. We're going to have to tell about
0: our favorite uh, Star Wars reference in this movie. Oh, uh, yep, true. Uh, I guess I, I guess I found it by looking at this, this article. Uh, we, we've confirmed that Hex Howell is actually Matthias. So thanks for tuning in from uh, well oh. out of our, well out of our time zone, buddy. Uh, fantastic special effects, and remember when the dude says, "Well, that's your opinion, man." We love this movie. That is what's important <laughs> now. Glad to hear him You love this movie, he said earlier. We'll go back to sleep later, but I had to be on for at least a few minutes. Oh, thank you. Thank-, thank you. Thank you, dude. We so good that. to have you, man.
1: And thank uh, you for this this idea, because this wouldn't be happening without you.
0: Exactly. No, I mean, we put it to a vote afterwards, but your inspiration kind of helped us change gears. So thanks for that. Alex, uh, I love the theory that the movies are just Han Solo's dreams frozen in carbonite. Ben, thoughts on that? I love
1: that so much. I I love, like, what did he experience? Like, was it one big long dream or something? Like, and just the idea of like, I don't know. I would love it if, like, it, you know, they came back to India. I came back to Han. And he's like, "Oh yeah, what what was it like in there?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, it was just this weird dream where I was in the I was in the desert and I was chasing this giant box of stuff and I had a hat and a whip." Like, it it makes perfect sense. And like, there has to be a connection somewhere. There has to be a connection between the franchises. There's too many things overarching that are bleeding through. It's like something is trying to tell us, like, you know, the whole idea, there's a comic out there, again, adds to this theory that uh, there's a comic where the millennium, the uh, Indiana Jones is short round, uh, come across a wreckage of a ship in the forest, in the Redwood forests, And they come upon a uh, skeleton in the cockpit that is wearing a uh, familiar vest and white shirt. And then they uncover a – also find evidence of a giant Bigfoot-type creature living in the woods, Um, which, uh, yeah, take that as you will.
0: (laughs) Did I just blow your mind? A little bit. I kind (laughs) of need to watch this now. This or, is a or comic. Read it. Read it. All read you
1: it. have to do, all you have to do, is type in. Uh, I'm going to try to do it right now as we're doing this. You just go it to uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Star Wars comic. You know, Star Wars comic, and you'll see it. I don't know where this came from. I don't know if this is this. Okay, okay, this this is Wikipedia. Into the Great Unknown. Was uh, this article is about Indiana a ten-page non-canon comic book that was written by W. A. Hayden Blackman. Within its pages, wow. Han Solo and Chewbacca pilot their starship, the Millennium Falcon, blindly into hyperspace and ended up crashing onto the planet in Earth's Pacific Northwest. Solo was attacked and killed by a group of Native Americans. And 126 late years later, his skeleton is discovered by the archaeologist Indiana Jones, who is searching the area for the fabled Sasquatch.
0: Oh, okay, searching for Sasquatch and then he comes across Chewbacca. That it's makes from sense. From the
1: Star Wars Tales comic series into the Great Unknown. So uh I think you can into find like screen caps. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: you can find screen caps of it online. Yeah, on the- the
0: it. I haven't even watched the Frozen Franchise recently and yet I'm singing. Edina <laughs> Menzel, man, what a voice. But I digress. I man, I'm telling you, Matthias did send us a whole bunch of questions to talk about this he movie. Did. You up a question. I guess he'll have to like watch them after the fact. But these are all good questions because mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at this going, ooh, I don't know, ooh, I don't know, ooh, tough to pick. Um, I we have a
1: couple answers to a couple of them. <laughs> I'll Have to do some thinking.
0: Yeah, some of these we might be like, Ugh. But, uh, but favorite character that's not indie. Take away the hat and the whip. And you've got to find a favorite character in this movie. Who are you picking?
1: I think you spurred me on from earlier. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Bill Because. Not just because he has such a dramatic. You know. Impact on the plot as we discussed. But I think like. He's a very layered character. He obviously is like the primary antagonist. He's the villain. He's working with the Nazis here. And he's always taking away what Indy gets.
0: But. You know, do you know what? He what he, do you know what he was thinking when his face started melting off? What? I did not see that coming.
1: <laughs> I did not see that coming either.
0: <laughs> Nazi jokes. I'm allowed to make those because we hate Nazis. Yes, we hate Nazis. For the record, I'm not making any. I'm not. I'm not making any Jewish jokes. Sorry. <laughs>
1: No, let's not go there. um But Belloc is a character that I think he's very layered, and he's not like super evil. Like he seems to be. I don't know if it's for his own personal gain because he wants very, to have. His, he's very
0: greedy. He's very, he's very,
1: he's very, he's very greedy. But he's not. I don't think he's with the Nazis because he believes in the Nazi cause. I think he's no, just like he's getting like, paid. They're, they're, yeah, he's getting paid. They're going to help me get the arts. He wants the arts. He wants the big prize. That's what he wants. um. But like he's, he's constantly like if you notice, he's constantly kind of looking out for Marion. He's kind of invested in her well-being, whether that's he wants to be with <laughs> whether he wants to be with her or not. He still cares about her to a certain extent, and he's not I, I don't know. like, And he's he's just a layered character. I like I like his whole shtick of like he just he just wants to be the bad guy. He just wants to be the antagonist. And his whole his whole monologue in the in the in the diner in Egypt, like you know, it's a radio to God, like it, it's great. He's that is his motivation. Like he's just fascinated on it. He doesn't care what he does in the meantime, who he has to kill, who he has to work with to get it. He's just interested in. I want the ark. I want to see what's inside that thing. I love when he calls that, and he's like, "You want to see see what's inside this thing too? Like you're not gonna blow it up? I know you're not gonna blow it up because so yep. just go ahead, go ahead, see. What yep. I know you won't beat. I know
0: you won't do it." And that's what makes him Indy's equal is he is able to match him stride for stride. He understands his weaknesses, his tendencies. He, he understands the context of, of Indy's motivations and stuff because he's like, those are like very similar motivations to the ones that I've got. And what's really weird is both of them are essentially doing it for the clout. I don't think Indy's going to get very well paid. I don't think the Nazis are going to pay a, a non- nazi as much as they would somebody who was a nazi so i mean belloc's not probably making a whole lot indy's probably not making a whole lot but they're both racing after the Ark for the social clout and like the status of being the one who found and the one who captured the Ark of the covenant or whatever so belloc's a good choice very very close for me but i think i gotta give the nod to sala I, also, I,
1: fantastic choice.
0: I love John Rhys Davies. I love him as Gimli, uh, and and he actually played a character in Star Trek Voyager. He was he was like a holographic advisor to the captain, and whenever she had these moral or ethical dilemmas, she would go and visit John Rhys Davies uh, in in the holo Suite. Uh, so, Hollow Deck. I apologize. Hollow Suites is <laughs> Deep Space Nine. She would go and visit John Reese davies Galileo in the holodeck. So he's got like this really nice resume and he carries himself so well in this film. Like he makes a great sidekick all the way up to the point where he looks down the hole and he goes, Asps, (laughs) very dangerous. You go first. (laughs) I I love it. I love, man. freaking love it. Sala is just, he's so well written. He's so well performed. Like he helps Indy, but at the same time, he like draws a limit. He's like, this is as far as I'm willing to go. And he actually, he takes it pretty far. He uses his connections. He, you know, helps him get down uh, using the, the repel method in order to figure out exactly where the arc is. Like he helps him a lot. And all the while providing a little bit of comedic relief and uh, just being someone who knows the area well enough to help Indian Marion navigate their way through things as they try and get to the arc first. I, I really love his character.
1: Yeah, I love his whole demeanor and his whole, like, you know, he's this guy you can count on. And then also, he's just like this bubbly. You know he he's has this thing, and I love he. You know, and in the end, his last scene, he just he gets a kiss from Mary, and he just walks away, and he's just joyously singing to himself. It's so, it's so just
0: you know adorable. Reminded me of Rev Tevye a little bit from uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I kept waiting, I kept waiting for Sala to just go like, "If I were a rich man." <laughs> but- yeah so I guess when Benadryl kicks in, I just sing more often. I don't know
1: <laughs> We're seeing the initial effects of it, I think.
0: We're we're getting we're getting there but we're about halfway done with the show anyways so yeah we'll, yeah we'll, we'll make, make it we'll make it just fine. We'll make it, making good time.
1: Um, if at any point you'll pass out, I'll just give my best guess as to which answer you think um, you'll'll you'll,
0: you'll give. Ooh, um, oh that that might be fun. Do you have a favorite moment in mind already? Do I have one in mind? Yeah, do you have one in mind? Because I have one in mind. I don't
1: have a specific one yet in mind,
0: I'm thinking. Okay. Um, what about what about action scene? Do you have a favorite action scene in mind yet? I'll say, I'll say. Wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't say. Don't say. Because you were saying that you were going to guess for me. That might be kind of fun. Okay. Let's try. Right. Let's try and guess each other's favorite action scene. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So, Absolutely. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess yours, and then you guess mine, and then we'll say whether we're right or not. So don't 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 confirm or deny right off the bat. I'll guess, okay. then you All guess, right. and then we'll be like yes or no. All right. Of course. So knowing you as long as I have. I I feel like you're the type of person that really enjoys when a movie sets the tone really well that gets that like reels you in and gets you hooked for the rest of the film. So I'm very inclined to say it's the opening sequence in South America, but there's so much of this film to enjoy that I don't know if your answer is going to be something that's like in the first 10 minutes of the film because there's so much other greatness that happens after it. So I'm I'm going to say that the scene in South America is a close second and your favorite action sequence is going to be... mm, I'm going to say... It's on the Nazi island with the car chase, including where he gets the gunshot wound, has to go under the truck, takes out all the Nazis, takes the truck back. That whole sequence there—the car chase slash hand-to-hand combat—that's that's your favorite scene in the movie.
1: Hmm, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say for you and see, I was going to say something similar because I feel like you were talking about the truck chase earlier Mm -hmm. and I feel like, and it's so impressive, like how it is. I feel like that's just a classic scene that you would really dig. I don't know about a second choice though. We didn't think about checks and choices. I don't know about a second choice. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Are you like double bluffing me by choosing yours and then giving it to me is there some trickery going on here? We've played these games before, all right? I know what do. <laughs>
0: That's
1: my final answer.
0: You're going with the truck scene.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: That's actually my close second. <laughs> That's actually my close second. My actual favorite action scene is in Morocco, where you learn not to bring a knife to a gunfight.
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. I that again, it's like that wasn't even in my mind. I wasn't (laughs) thinking about that
0: one, but it's there's a lot lot of chasing going through the crowds. Marion has to hide in a wicker basket. You like hide the truck in a garage and then bring out the townsfolk, and Indy's running all over the place. Comes across this guy who's like swirling everything around. And as we all know, as long as we've actually paid attention to the trivia, we know that that was supposed to be an actual hand-to-hand combat scene, but Harrison Ford was down with dysentery at the time. So he improvised and just pulls out his pistol, bam, shoots the guy scene over. Like it's, it's such a great action scene, that whole sequence. That was like a great, uh, like part of it that, that, is the one that gets me every time. I'm like, shoot, man, that's brilliant. I really probably would have done the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, I think it was the suggestion on set was like, just shoot the SOP. And like, yeah, why wouldn't he? Like, it makes total sense. So like, logically it makes sense, but also it's just so satisfying. You're like, You're like, oh, yeah, here's going to be a fight. Nah, nah, he's just going to shoot him and be done with it. Okay, for mine, I'm going to say that you had it right the first
0: time. Really? Ah. Oh.
1: I the one that I have in mind, the one that I think is my favorite is the opening scene in South Dang America. It. The whole Dang thing. It.
0: it is so classic. It's just so it, it is. It is, but there's so much other greatness that happens after that that I was worried that like even though I know you appreciate a movie that sets the tone, like gets off on the right foot, I know how much you appreciate that but I just I wasn't expecting that to actually still stay as your favorite scene because there's just so many great scenes that happen afterwards. Yeah, yeah.
1: I can totally see that. And, and maybe ask me on a different date. I might have a different answer.
0: Who knows? Who knows? Uh, let's see. Um, to be honest, Alex says Indiana Jones is a new appreciation to me. I never liked it growing up, but rewatching it as an adult, I enjoy it quite a bit now. I still need to revisit a couple of them, though. Well, I'd say that this revisit's going pretty well um, as well, so maybe we'll need to end up revisiting some of the other films somewhere down the line. But it's going to be a while before any of those start celebrating 40 or 50 years. So as long as IPC is still around at that time, which I expect it will.
1: Well, I mean, in the near future, we will have a new Indiana Jones film to discuss, Indiana Jones 5, whatever that's going to be called. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be discussing that. And, you know, maybe maybe along the lines, we'll uh, get back to some of the older ones because it has been, as we said, a very long time since we think- discussed
0: that Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only revisit we've ever done since this one is The Dark Knight. Isn't that right? Uh-oh. Did we lose Mr. Jammin'? I think we might have. But if my memory serves, folks, while we're waiting for Ben to reconnect, if my memory serves, I think the only, um, the only revisit we've ever done was for The Dark Knight. And that was just because I... Ended up missing that episode because I was out of town. So we waited a couple of years. We ended up coming back around and ended up doing that movie again. Um, Steven says we've done Star Wars revisits. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence about those because like, we went through all of the movies um, at one point. We went through everything and then we ended up um, I don't know. I don't know if we ended up going back to The Force Awakens again. If we ended up going back to Rogue One again, like we did all of those movies to prepare for The Force Awakens, but I don't recall if we've ever like gone back and discussed them again. So we did our primary discussion of the Star Wars movies back in 2015, but I don't know if we if we did it completely. Uh, looks like the connection with Ben has been severed. We apologize for the technical difficulties. Uh, Ben says, please stand by working on getting back online. So uh, I'm going to take a look at the chat, send us some stuff in the chat while we wait for Ben to come back. Um, I think there was another one that, another comment that came out here. Uh, Imagine Indy's resume. Jesse says found the Ark of the Covenant responsible for destruction of large Nazi battalion slash badass. That's pretty darn true. Um, Action scene. Jesse says, "I'll go with the opening sequence." Uh, Kenny says, "I have two favorite moments from Mary's of the Lost Ark*. One is the first ten minutes of the film, and the truck truck chase towards the middle slash end of the film. So those those seem to be all really popular ones, and it's no wonder. I mean, as we've touched on that particular scene with um with the trucks, you see like Harrison Ford kind of." At his best. You see him, you know, in hand-to-hand combat. You see him um, making the most of of uh, every situation that he's been given. And you kind of see his adrenaline junkie nature where he doesn't give up. He doesn't give in. He never surrenders. Galaxy Quest reference. Um, but, yeah, there's... There's, there's a lot of great things to appreciate about that scene. That is for sure. Uh, DMT Infinity. This is, this is a good question. Um, ben said episode 38, looking for the previous Raiders discussion. Uh, Jesse, our Apple archives may not go that far back. Uh, we're working on trying to find a way to unlock it, but for a time, there were some previous, like, really far back episodes that were for Podbean patrons only, and we're still working on getting those unlocked, so, um, if you're not able to find it, we might be able to get you uh, a copy of it, uh, at least as, like, a MP3 download or something, if you really, really want to know about it, um, but... Uh, DMT Infinity asks, what is your number one favorite movie of all time? Do you have a number one favorite scene in all of movie history? That's a loaded question. It's a very loaded question. Number one favorite movie of all time. I would probably end up saying... I know it sounds like a cop-out, but probably I'd say either The Dark Knight or uh, Empire Strikes Back. Those are those are two movies that I could probably watch over and over again. Um, Jurassic Park is up there. Like Those three are kind of like the holy trinity of comfort movies. Those are the ones that I end up watching the most. Those are the ones that I end up enjoying the most. But if I had to say, like, number one favorite scene in all of movie history, uh, does the Battle of Helms Deep count? in lord of the rings that entire battle is just fantastic great great action great great characters uh the loss of hope as you feel like yeah maybe you're doomed and then you know that hope returns over the horizon just in the nick of time um i think that's probably one of my favorite Uh, One of my favorite scenes in movie history of all time. But if I had to pick a favorite movie, now that I'm thinking about it, it would probably be Jurassic Park. Uh, I watched Jurassic Park a lot more than I watched other films. So uh, y'all be sure to keep sending in these chats because we're waiting on Ben to return. we got a few more questions that we're going to do. And we're going to have a really, really great barbecue segment in store for you guys tonight. Talking about something that I had on my travels uh, during my trip. Um, while we're waiting for Ben to get back into the show, I'm going to go ahead and do some plugs, some obligatory things that we're going to do on the show. Anyways, Uh, a big thank you to people like Joey Mays and Jesse Bennett for your continued support of the show, both at the shout out friend tier or above. And if you're interested in getting a shout out on the program, you can find us now at patreoncom slash IPC podcast. You can see that on the, uh, link below. Uh, it's in the little lower third, just underneath my face. So uh, hit that up. We've got some really cool exclusives for patrons. We're gonna be doing an R rated episode of a show talking about Quiet place part two later this month. Uh, we're gonna be doing uh, some some really cool stuff with the Phantom Empire team uh, that's gonna make some stuff available to their patrons as well. Um, we've got this exclusive group for patrons only that has like a lot of behind the scenes stuff about our life and about the podcast, give you an idea of the schedule, what to expect you get exclusive access to our show notes now, you can look at the same thing that I'm looking at. So if you really want like, to get that immersive experience, it only costs a couple of bucks a month to be a part of something bigger than just regular IPC episodes. So yeah, patreon.com slash IPCPodcast. You can also find us at ipcpodcast.podbean.com. Pod like pod, bean like green bean, ipcpodcast.podbean.com. And we have swag. We've got shirts and coffee mugs and, uh, you know, uh, stickers, all kinds of crazy stuff available. And that is at tpublic.com, T-E-E like t-shirt, teepubliccom slash user slash Podcast You can follow me at Zach the Voice and you can follow Ben at Ben Hart with no E. He's got a lot more active socials than I do right now. Work has been taking up a lot of my time. So if you want to keep up with what we're doing, that's the best place to do it. Or you can find us at Facebook.com slash IPC podcast. You can get the link to the uh, Patreon there. You can get the link to the Intergalactic Peace Hangout. If you're not part of that group yet, you should totally join that group as well. And uh, you get some pretty cool immersive stuff. Uh, but that's for like the free tier. When you you know go a couple of bucks a month, you get a lot more to your credit.
1: Am I it, here?
0: Is Ben here? Is this me? It's Ben. I switched places oh. with you. I'm what? on the other what is side this? now. I can't
1: deal with this. What? It's like, I'm in, like I'm driving on the wrong side of the road or something. I don't know. My yeah, Oh, no, he's futzing. Oh, he Thanks. Oh.
0: <laughs> now, now our producer's just futzing with us. Now, he, now he's just having some fun. Oh, yeah uh good old
1: internet just uh crapped out on me it just happens it happens and uh i can't edit this out it, it's on the video it's on the youtube it's here hey, I, 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 I saw got,
0: everything i got the plugs done
1: so we're I good heard. i was here the whole time i just couldn't get in
0: <laughs> okay that works, uh, we works were, i was locked out of the studio all right it just happened. george george has asked this question a couple of times i'm going to go ahead and address it do you remember the scene uh with the ark and the mouse zach scary and chilling scene for me in terms of the power the ark has over creation yeah uh the the the, the influence chilling. the 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 influence goes beyond people and that's part of what makes the ark so interesting and so powerful and part of why they probably chose it as like the first thing to do, like the first, um, the first uh, what do you call it, the MacGuffin, the first MacGuffin to go after would yeah, be the Ark of the Covenant. Much, pretty much. Do um do you remember VeggieTales by any chance? I have never
1: watched VeggieTales. I don't know why. It was in my circle. It just uh... never happened for me.
0: That's funny. Being a homeschooler, I thought you were supposed to watch Veggie Tales. I know, I know. I
1: was a, I was a weird homeschool. I was weird for being homeschooled, and then I was weird for
0: not watching. For not it. watching. Yeah, you were the weirdo I among was the ostracized weirdos. ostracized by everyone. That's, mm, I know how that goes. Um, they had, they had a character called Minnesota Cuke that was supposed <laughs> to be like their version of Indiana Jones, and the, uh, the first MacGuffin that they were supposed to go look for. Was Samson's hairbrush?
1: That okay?
0: That's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. That is. And then, brilliant brilliant. and then a few years later, they did a sequel where they had to go look for Noah's umbrella. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! Okay, that's. Oh, good. I gotta watch some fairy tales now. Apparently.
0: Oh man, they make they make some really on the nose references, but they make some others that are just really ridiculous, and so. It's 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 fun to watch. It it's fun to laugh at just because you're sitting there going, "Really? That's been a part of somebody's childhood." Like, yeah, bitch, that was part of my childhood. <laughs> it was it oh, was so it. funny. It was so funny. All right, let's get back to the questions. Now that we've done the plugs, uh, right. we got a few questions left before we go to the barbecue segment and call it tonight. We're hoping to be done by the top of the hour for you guys. Kind of a intermediary type of episode as we kind of celebrate 40 years of Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark um favorite quote Matthias asks favorite quote
1: I will say and I had one okay it's the it's the moment with uh Statipo from the beginning of the movie and he's trying to act all tough and he goes "We, we must hurry there is nothing to fear and then Indy grabs him and shoves him against the wall he's like that's what
0: scares me. Mm. Such a
1: good line. Such a good mm-hmm. line.
0: Badass. Nothing to nothing to fear. That. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Let me let me see. I'm I'm trying to like remember one that like stands I mean, out. Pretty to me. much
1: every line in this movie is quotable. <laughs> so um, that's it's kind that of hard to pick a favorite.
0: Yeah, that is that is true. Um. <sighs> I feel like it would be a Belloc monologue, perhaps, or, or just... It's got a lot of good ones. Um, I, Dr. I think, Jones, it, there's nothing you can possess that I cannot take away. Uh, I, think, I think when he finally lands in the cavern and he goes, what a fitting end to your life's pursuits. You're about to become a permanent addition to this archaeological find. Who knows? In a thousand years, you may even be worth something.
1: I love Indy's response
0: cuz he just goes ha,
1: ha, 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 son of a <laughs> <laughs> yep
0: yep classic indy classic classic indy um star wars references this one should be easy for you a favorite star wars reference
1: oh probably um see that's that's the whole thing there, there's uh, i think there's at least a couple of them i'm trying to think of like I, one that's...
0: I found at least three on this article by uh, Gizmodo. There's there's the there's the OB CPO. That's uh, that's the the identifier. Um, but then there's also one that's the hieroglyphs. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. And then it says when Indian Sala are preparing to remove the stone lid of the sarcophagus of the Ark, uh, the viewer is privy to the wall of the hieroglyphs behind them. One of these is a depiction of Princess Leia inserting the Death Star plans into R2D2. Yeah,
1: I think. I, yeah, I think that might be the one. I think you can see it pretty clearly when Indy is uh, trying to lift up the stone, and it's so like blinking, you miss it. But like once it's there, once you know it's there, you can't miss
0: it. I love it. Uh, man, we got a lot of like Tales <laughs> stuff in the chat just by making that one mention. <laughs> Chad is like, Tales, And then uh, Jesse's like, we are the pirates that don't do anything. And DMT Infinity. Wow. Okay, get a load of this. VeggieTales always gave me bad vibes for some reason. I watched Dragon Tales, Barney, Bear in the Big Blue House, horror movies like The Exorcist... <laughs> Bruce Lee and so many other shows growing up. You watch The Exorcist, but you won't watch l- like animated vegetables hopping around on a fake kitchen countertop. <laughs> like that wow. just that doesn't add up to me. <laughs> <It just laughs> oh, that that's funny. That is oh, funny. God. I think I think the Leia and R2D2 are probably like that's my favorite um Star Wars reference in Indiana Jones, but my favorite Indiana Jones reference in Star Wars would be the Ark of the Covenant being loaded up into Wat Tambor's ship in the Clone Wars.
1: I love that so much. I love it. Like, like cosmically somehow it ended up in a galaxy far, far away on Ryloth. Like that is the one. I
0: love that. How, how did it get there? We don't know, but no, they, I love little subtle nods like that. (laughs) So much fun. Yeah. Um, Matthias also asks, what do you think of the cinematography of this movie?
1: There's so many gorgeous shots in this movie. I'm not, you know, I I think this movie is so underrated for its cinematography. And like, I think I I dare say, I think it has better cinematography than like the first two Star Wars films. I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. I know I'm a big Star Wars fan. That might be a hot take, but like, like Star Wars has great cinematography, but also there's so much special effects involved in Star Wars or whatever. You can tell they're so, you know, we you know, it's going to be, it's, it's more all in camera. There's so much like real stuff you can tell in Raiders and like the, the, the behind shot of them. They're in the, the tent and Sala and Marion and Indy are like talking and like there's stuff going on in the background. All you see is their shadows and they're just talking to each other in uh, Cairo is great. And there's so many other things. And and the whole, like, the classic shot of Indy walks to the bar. It's just like this giant silhouette. Again, Indiana Jones being this character that you can instantly tell who he is. Just seeing his silhouette is brilliant filmmaking.
0: So I found the uh, director of cinematography for this film. It is one Douglas Slocum. Yep, 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 yep. Slocum, his last work was Last Crusade. His last. Whoa! His last given credit was Last Crusade in 89. His first filmography credit was a movie called The Big Blockade back in 1942.
1: Wow. So this now, man— Is he still around?
0: I don't believe so. I'm going to take a look. I'm looking at his wiki page. Uh, yeah. Passed away. Passed away in 2016 at the age of 103.
1: Whoa, whoa! Long life, man.
0: Born in 1913 and made the most of it. But he he never won any Academy Awards. He was nominated three times, and his his last nomination was for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow, that's he, amazing. He did win a BAFTA Award for cinematography on the 1975 film called The Great Gatsby. Ah, oh,
1: okay. The, the OG, or one of the OGs. The, the original.
0: Yeah. Yep. He also got wow. a LA Film Critics Association winner for cinematography for a 1977 film called Julia.
1: Okay. Never heard of
0: it. But never i sure never it's got great heard, cinematography because he's
1: a, clearly incredible and great. And you know all the cinematography in all the Indian Jones films is great, especially those first three. Um, and I guess he just decided, hey, I did my best work. I'm checking out. I'm retiring.
0: So uh, I mean, good, good for him. I mean, after you've made movies like uh, The Fearless Vampire Killers <laughs> and The Pirates of Penzance, then... Yeah, I would definitely call it quits after something like Last Crusade. That's a way to end on a high note if there ever was one. Oh my gosh. Not only did the art get there, how was it a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? How did it get there?
1: That actually implies Magic. that it was on Ryloth before it was on Earth.
0: Oh. A long time ago
1: in a galaxy far, far away. Makes its it way to our
0: galaxy. Yeah. So are those are those spirits that got loose midi-chlorians then?
1: They're force ghosts.
0: They're force ghosts. Oh, force man.
1: demons, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. This is getting real Ra- deep. Paul race?
0: Than- Who knows? <laughs> That's Tatooine sand in there. Mm, that could be. That could be. Uh, to, to answer your question, Matthias, uh, there are very few movies out there that I've seen that, in my opinion, have better cinematography. And honestly, one of them would be The Last Crusade. I I love the final scene in The Last Crusade and the camera work and the visuals, you know, how it how they very creatively throw you off and make you feel like Indy's looking out over a cavern, but then he tosses the sand out there and you realize that like there's a hidden bridge like secretly in there that you didn't know about. That is some awesome badass camera work. And it takes somebody with the with the chops like Slocum to do something like that. So I really appreciate the work that was done on this and it, it helped me enjoy the film so much more recognizing the attention to detail that was made and recognizing, um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. The Benadryl is <laughs> kicking in.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll add an anecdote in here really quick. Um, something that I heard way, way back of like, you know, what, what, what is good cinematography? What is considered good cinematography? Cause like, you know, this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I have like I am a, a amateur uh student of film, if you could say that. I, I love movies, I love studying movies, but like I'm not an expert by any means. So I, I love questions like this, love people like explain like, okay, well, what is this? And the the barometer for like judging a film's like quality of cinematography is like basically you can just go through a movie, scrub through it, and if you just stop on a frame And it looks good, that is good cinematography. And in the case of Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's like you stop on any frame and it's like a it looks like a painting. Like it looks incredible. So like it's great cinematography. Let's just say that.
0: Whereas okay, I I really enjoy the cinematography of The Force Awakens as well. But you can't do that every frame type of thing with them because there are some memes out there of Daisy Ridley just kind of like squinting her face really tight looking around like oh like that like
1: older movies would be like oh you know someone's in the background or whatever it's like blurred now it's like all in HD like better frame rate so you get everything if you if you know if if someone but extras in the background making a weird face um you're gonna see them.
0: Well, and what's funny is, and I haven't even shown this to my girlfriend yet, I'm going to have to like show her that scene from A New Hope where the stormtrooper bashes his head on the door. <laughs> yes. How in the hell did that make it to the final cut? Like That still baffles me. I just day. love
1: that they incorporated it into the movie. They put the sound effect in there. They committed to it. Clunk. And, and and it's there. And I love that now Um, a friend of mine, um, Jamie Stangroom, um, did a investigation into who that stormtrooper actually was in real life because there is multiple people that claim that they bumped their head on the set of A New Hope, and it's still a mystery. <laughs> they <don't Ooh>. know.
0: <laughs> so nobody knows who the actual trooper is.
1: No, no, and one of the guys has passed away. So I, you know, oh. it's 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 funny. It's funny because like, who's to say who's right and who's wrong? You know, there's probably a lot of stuff happening on nineteen seventies London when those movies are yeah, being made.
0: True. Um
1: maybe maybe you thought you bumped your head once or twice.
0: Uh a question from George. What's your favorite funny scene from Raiders, guys? Funny scene, funny scene. There's a lot that's funny in this movie. I like I love uh Indy
1: uh arriving in the base and at the end and then he's like You know he's got this. He grabs a guy and just flips him over and pulls him behind, and then starts taking off all his clothes. And he gets him. He's like, "Uh oh, this doesn't fit right." And the Mm -hmm. German guy comes up there, starts like berating him, like, "And then
0: he just hits him.
1: Boom! He just catches his hat." Yes, yes.
0: Yes, I was actually thinking about where like he's trying to like come up with an excuse or whatever, and then he ends up just hitting the guy. Like I couldn't remember the exact sequence but I think that's probably my favorite part too like my favorite funny scene. Like that okay also the the part where they're where he and Marion are on the boat and she asks where does it not hurt? <laughs> and like starts pointing to yeah. different parts of of his body and then like he realizes what she's doing and he's like like doesn't even say anything. Just points to his the lips. Whole, say, the, blah, thing, blah, blah,
1: blah. the thing where um she's like adjusting the mirror and he's like sitting right there and he, he pulls it back and it hits him like right under the chin. And it just yeah. jumps out of the boat. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt. That would
0: really Oh, hurt. man. There's so many movies that have done that and yet I still laugh at it every time.
1: Oh, man.
0: It's so good. But yeah,
1: everything. After you've been what he's been through. Mm -hmm. everything would hurt. Like every single part of your body would just ache. That would be awful.
0: I had to lift an ATM machine into the back of my truck and my lower back is still hurting me from doing that yesterday. So I can't imagine like having to hold onto a moving truck and like slide and grip your way down, getting shot in the arm. Like all the stuff that he went through, I just, I can't fathom it.
1: I'm at the point in my life where I get up in the morning. I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. I, I guess I slept wrong because I don't feel good and I didn't do anything yesterday, but I pulled a muscle in bed and you know, that's what happens. Um so uh yeah, I can only imagine what Indy went through when he's actually, like, you know, getting like
0: physically beat
1: up and shot and all this kind of
0: stuff. I don't even want to think about that. Like that's the one thing about about you know about this movie that I'm just like, I could never be I could never be indiana jones like no i i would i would probably be more like the guide in the beginning of the of the film
1: yeah that's that's me that's me the scared guy going like um dude this is not a good idea no one ever has gone in there and come out alive like this is wrong and then then trying to act like all badass like oh there's nothing to fear i'm just gonna go in here and then you know and then and then betraying him taking the idol and be like okay give me the idol and y'all give you the whip and then uh, and then ended up dead because I would end up die- dying in this.
0: Yep, I definitely would.
1: Um, real quick, I want to address a, a question that uh, Kenny brought up in, our, uh, in the group, and he says you know, – kind of talk about some behind-the-scenes information. I have one behind-the-scenes story. I don't know if everyone's heard this, but I, I love this uh, scene. So basically the ending of the movie, the original end of the movie was the on the island right after the arc is closed. That was where it ended, like them realizing they were untied and and that was it. Marsha Lucas, the then wife of uh George Lucas and legendary editor in her own right, uh, at that point, I think it was she was Oscar Oscar winning editor for Star Work work on Star Wars, um, suggested that there should be another scene at the end. And they went at the last minute and got Karen Allen and Harrison Ford and went to a specific, I think it's a courthouse in San Francisco, and shot the end scene with um, uh, Harrison and Karen Allen on the steps, and that was the end of the movie. Um, so thanks to Marsha Lucas, the movie ends the way it is, and I think it's perfect.
0: That's actually really cool. My 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 piece of trivia was... <laughs> a lot more obscure um <laughs> while they were filming in tunisia nearly every member of the cast and crew got sick it's Ex- oh. like it wasn't just harrison ford that came down with dysentery like pretty much everybody got sick at one point or another except for steven spielberg <laughs> you want to know how he didn't get sick wow was he wearing a mask <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a little early, yet.
0: little early for that one. No, he brought his own food with him, and he didn't eat any of the local food.
1: Oh, the 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 uh, the joys of being the director—you get to bring your own food to set.
0: You know wow. what you you know what he brought? According to a report on IMDb, he brought a ton of cans of Spaghettios. <laughs> That makes total sense. That really does. The man avoided getting dysentery by eating canned SpaghettiOs that he brought with him. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. That is is just so crazy. Also, Indy's line about how it's not the years, it's the mileage was an ad lib by Harrison Ford. King of the ad libs. I love you. I know. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. Get off my plane. I have <laughs> so, a feeling
1: he's going to say it again in uh, Indy 5. It's well, not the kinda, years, it's the mileage.
0: He kind of has to because he's got even more years than he used to. Yeah, like, and he's got even more mileage. He's, he's
1: never stopped, clearly. He's still wearing the same clothes he did when he was 20s.
0: Kenny was, sent uh, us one more fun fact that I almost forgot about. He reminded us in the chat. Did you know that the original Indiana Jones might have been Tom Selleck?
1: I remember this. I remember that uh, he was he was one of the people
0: that was he in talks or maybe he had been even been selected. He screen tested for it. Like he got as far as screen testing and then opted not to take on the role so that he could continue his work on Magnum PI on CBS. You gotta wonder if he regrets that discussion. I don't because, think so. I mean, Magnum's pretty big in its own right.
1: I mean, yeah, he's Tom Selleck. We're talking about we're not talking about no-name Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck is Tom Selleck. He's a pretty big name. Everybody loves him. But, you know, it's the luck of the draw. Like, you know, in retrospect, you're like, "Oh, this movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark with a guy, you know, Fedora, like this is going to be nothing." Um, you know, and, you know, but I don't know, maybe he was passionate about making P.I. I mean, they had some big names behind this Lucasfilm, Spielberg, Lucas himself. Like, uh, so, but nothing's a guaranteed success as we've learned. So, you know, who knows? But uh, that, (laughs) that would have been, that would have been different. I'm not saying it would have been bad because we could easily be sitting here talking about, "Oh, oh, Tom Selleck is great. And did you hear, did you know that Harrison Ford actually tried out for the role of Indiana Jones, but he lost it to Tom Selleck? Did you know that? (laughs)
0: oh man you mean han solo could have been the one in the fedora and the harrison ford there is a world a scenario where harrison ford could have played
1: han solo and indiana jones how crazy is that
0: wow you mean that guy from ender's game could have also been rocking a whip
1: (laughs) (laughs) i just i just don't see it i don't think harrison ford's the fedora type i really don't he i don't think it would have worked I think a movie would have sucked if he had been in the movie.
0: Ah, <laughs> I just, I love Selleck. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I can't picture anybody but Harrison playing that role. I just, I can't. Like I, if you told, I... if you told me, if you told me Matt Damon, Shia LaBeouf, you know somebody like that was going to be the next Indiana Jones, I would laugh in your face.
1: <laughs> well, they tried to get Shia. He they didn't tried. Want it.
0: He didn't they want. It. He's out, and there's
1: a reason why he's not in Indy Five. Hmm. <laughs> whole, whole other story. story. Um, Shy is doing just fine, I think. Yeah, he's doing okay. He's a he's a meme, anyways. Do it. Just do it. Yeah, yeah good he's for he's him. he's
0: he's another kind of legendary now. He doesn't need Indy. Ah. <sighs> Well, dude, I know or we're else? getting a little. I know we're getting a little crunch for time, and we're gonna have a barbecue segment we got to talk about in just a couple of minutes here. So maybe we go into like what Raiders means to us. Hmm. Uh, that that'll be how we close things out. What does Raiders of the Lost Ark mean to you? Forty years later, obviously we weren't around when the movie first released, but it's kind of become part of our culture. It's become a part of you know the stuff that we consume, the stuff that we watch, uh, the things that we discuss on podcasts. So. What does Raiders of the Lost Ark mean to you as it comes ready to celebrate its 40th anniversary?
1: It's just... It is the quintessential, like, action-adventure movie to me. Easily one of the best films, I think, ever created. And, I mean, it it really... Just like Star Wars, it kind of created its own genre. It's hard to kind of place, like, where Indiana Jones is in there. And, you know... I think Indiana Jones has always been like that other franchise that I've always loved since I was a kid. You know, Indiana Jones is just there. You know, you got Star Wars, you got Indiana Jones. It's just, they go hand in hand. And it's so, it's just, it's, they're so fun. They're such fun movies. You know, like I said, they're, it's less than two hours. Like these isn't, you think of Indiana Jones as being this big, epic franchise, but really it's not. It's a, just a fun romp. You can easily sit down and watch it. It's so approachable. You know, anybody can get something out of it, you know, and it's got it's got the humor. It's got the action that everyone pulls in. It, it'll make you a little scared. You know, if you were a kid watching these movies, you know, there's certain parts you're like, oh, my God, they're getting, their face is melted, you know, but it's got all those things. It's this classic. I call it kind of the Spielberg Lucas you know scenario this kind of mix of like getting all these elements i think so much of today's movies are really trying to be indiana jones they are i think a lot of the marvel cinematic universe it's very much action comedy goofiness in the same vein as indiana jones i'm not saying they're copying it i'm not saying i don't like those movies i love those movies probably because they're trying to emulate indiana jones but Indy set the standard it it did something and it was being created by people that were doing Star Wars, but managed to do something completely different, but also something in the same vein. And it's just a perfect companion. And I think I, I like I said, I'm I can't wait to Indy Five. I keep seeing these pictures. And I'm like, I didn't realize I was this excited about this movie, but I this these movies mean so much to me, even as someone like India is my number one franchise, but it's up there. And I can't wait for Indy Five. And I, I hope, I hope it continues. I hope we get more indie films in the future, maybe, hopefully, we'll see. But Raiders is an absolute classic, one that I will never pass up an excuse to go watch it again. So thanks, Matthias, for giving me another excuse to watch it for the 500th time or whatever I'd watch it now.
0: <laughs> oh man, for me, Indiana Jones is its a form of escapism. A lot of movies are forms of escapism for me, but this one is like a historical escapism because you've got you know, Nazis or you've got Russians, depending on which iteration you're watching. It's a form of historical escapism with fiction and action and comedy and great characters and great cinematography all rolled together into one great melting pot. And I, I enjoy watching it not just because I enjoy the film, but I also enjoy the communal effect. Even if my girlfriend didn't really care for Raiders, I appreciated getting to experience it through somebody else's lens. And to, to have that kind of experience with people who maybe haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time. The communal aspect is another really great thing about this film, because one scene that may stand out to you, it may not be the same scene that stands out to somebody else. There's a lot of variety in this film. There's a lot of different types of takeaways. Love interests, uh, action adventure, car chases, explosions, gunfights, knife fights, uh, hand-to-hand combat. There's all kinds of great action tropes that are all thrown together into one extremely well-written and well-produced movie. And I would expect nothing less from Lucas and Spielberg. So, gentlemen, thank you for creating this franchise and thank you for helping make it so easy to enjoy a movie. Uh, Like for me personally, it is one of the easiest movies to just get along with. As soon as we, we go on the adventure in South America, all the way up until the end of the film, it is so easy to get on board with the adventure and enjoy the ride. However long it may last. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, I completely, completely agree. Okay, I, I know it's probably something that we did before. I don't know if we introduced scores out of 10 back in the day. Um, but, like, honestly, I don't have anything about this movie to critique. I, I really don't. I mean, yes, I am left wondering what Amy, uh, what, what logic she may have um, <laughs> to the idea that, you know, Indiana Jones doesn't exist, it's still going to happen exactly the same way. But if Indiana Jones doesn't exist, we don't get to go on this adventure with them. So um, I guess I'll knock 0.5 off for Amy making me think about this movie a little bit more in a different context than I really wanted to. But to me, it's it's essentially a flawless film. It's at least a 9 to 9.5, if not a 10 out of 10.
1: I I think I'm going to agree. I honestly have, like, it's one movie that, like, I watch it zero complaints zero there's nothing like if they told me hey let's go back in time or or we have some kind of unique technology where you can go back and change anything about this movie meticulously i wouldn't why there's nothing wrong with this movie there's absolutely nothing it's perfect and i'm not someone i I try not to use this well it's not perfect I, i i hate using that term so often because like 99% 99% of movies aren't perfect but the 0.111% of movies that are indie, Anna Jones and the, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark is in that
0: percentage and I, I will give
1: it a 10 out of 10 I'm not afraid I'm not afraid to give it a 10 out of 10 because it deserves it all right
0: well I already did the plugs so I guess we just go into the barbecue segment right I yeah let's do right. it might as well. Folks, if you're in the chat, and I know there's a lot of you that still are, thank you for joining us uh, as late as you have. But get out your hashtag. It's time for an edition of BBQ Watch. Barbecue. Barbecue. barbecue, b Barbecue. Barbecue. barbecue barbecue Barbecue. 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 Barbecue sauce.
1: Barbecue sauce. Barbecue. Barbecue. Barbecue
0: barbecue watch <laughs> Ben, for those of you who don't know, works in a barbecue restaurant family owned and operated for decades. And I'm from Texas and I love to like experience barbecue in different facets, in different fashions and in different towns. And most recently, I got to experience some barbecue in a little town south of the state capital here in Texas, a little town called Lockhart. Lockhart, oh, wow. Lockhart Texas is famous for their barbecue. There are four different barbecue joints in this town that are like top rated barbecue in the entire state. Wow. All of them located in this one place. There's a place called Smitty's. There's a place called uh Crites. i forget what the third one is called but the one that we went to is one called black's barbecue oh. all the other places this is a testament to how small of a town this is all the other places closed at eight and black's was closing at 8 30 oh nice like the town was getting ready to shut down most restaurants that i go to they're open to like 10 11 something like that but in this small town 8 30 oh, sidewalks roll up the sidewalks, it was closing, and we got there at, like, 8.10. (laughs) Because, like, my family and I had been doing this tour of the different county courthouses in the state. Beautiful stuff. Which was incredible, Um, by the way. Check out your social media. That was great. I love
1: seeing all those pictures.
0: Oh, man. Some of those were just breathtaking. But we finally make it to Lockhart. We make it to Blacks. And we're getting, like, big pints of sides uh, so that we can do it family style. And then uh, we ordered drinks and we ordered uh, like three or four different kinds of meat. I got baby back ribs and sausage and my parents got brisket. Oh. Cause that's really like the best and only kind that my mom can have. And so she had brisket and then decided to share with the rest of us. I think they got like a pound and a half or two pounds or something like that. Like they got a lot of brisket, a oh. lot of brisket to go around. And let me tell you, dude, it was hard getting the brisket off of one plate onto the other. That's how soft and tender and how falling apart this brisket was. It looked like you would scoop it and literally like it would fall off either end of the fork and you'd only have a small bites worth left. You literally could not move the brisket from one place to another. And I took a bite I saved it for the end. I took a bite and I had like this instant regret. <laughs> and the reason why, oh, hey, look, there we've, it actually is. Got, we've actually got a photo. I enjoyed the baby back ribs. I enjoyed the mac and cheese. I enjoyed everything that was on this plate. Believe me, the, the sausage is homemade. They made it at the location. Wow. I enjoyed everything on this plate, but I hated myself Because I ate around the brisket and then saved the brisket for last. And I was getting full by the time I got to the best thing on the menu. Oh, the wrong strategy. It was the wrong plan because I could have just eaten brisket that night. Like that's not a knock on the mac and cheese or the ribs. The ribs actually had a lot of meat on them. It was really good. The sausage had great flavor. And you know how some sausage links like that have a tendency to maybe get cold after it's been away from the heat lamp for too long? Right, right. That stuff stayed warm. Wow. It was really good. It had good insulation. The meat was very tasty. But the brisket, I had a bite where it literally disintegrated when it hit my tongue. <laughs> i didn't have to That's take one bite i didn't have to chew it i just oh, oh done oh my gosh i want to go back to lockhart just so that i can go to black's again so that i can go to Kreitz, so that i can go to smitty's i'm gonna have a whole weekend of just having barbecue at this place because it was fabulous
1: that does sound fabulous like that that sound like i'm looking at the image right now that everyone else is seeing like that looks incredible that that brisket man like briskets not easy to do it doesn't come naturally like that it doesn't come naturally tender you gotta cook it real good and they they seem to be experts at it
0: that's incredible oh man so they've got signs on the side of the road as you're coming into lockhart that actually list the names of the pit masters at each location like they are so proud of their barbecue pits. They are so proud of the work that they do that they actually list the pit masters on the billboards wow. as you're coming into town. <laughs> wow. Which is pretty awesome. DMT Infinity says, y'all making me hungry. <laughs> That's I live, what we Louis- do. I live in Louisiana, so we're not that far apart. But yes, family restaurants and businesses are usually some of the best. I can attest to this. I can definitely attest to this because I've eaten at Ben's family's place before, and while they have the best ribs I've ever eaten, I dare say dinner at Black's was possibly the best brisket I've ever had in my life, and I'm a brisket guy, so that's high praise.
1: I've had dinner, which was not barbecue, by the way, um, and but having barbecue like a lot – I'm surrounded by it all the time – right and you're making me hungry too so i think we just need to wrap up the show now so uh maybe i'll just drive to texas tonight and get some of my own i don't know because uh i don't know how
0: i'm gonna deal with this well i it is time to call it night anyway we told everybody about two hours and that's what we're coming up on thank you to everybody that has been a part of tonight's show um a reminder to go find us on the socials at ipc podcast on facebook twitter and instagram You can follow me at the username that you have been seeing down here the whole evening at Zach the Voice. Mr. Jammin, where can the folks keep up with you? They
1: can find me at Benhart with no E or at Benhart the Indie Guy on Twitter now because I just changed it thanks to – inspiration from the chat and Chad and uh, yeah also um, at the Star Wars Underworld uh, at the SW and at Culture Slate where I do most of my other work and stuff and most of the stuff that doesn't have my name
0: on it um, you can't really tell it's me but it's me I'm everywhere oh man it happened to me again I don't understand what's happening I really don't I thought we made it this far and that we'd be good we came so damn close so so, uh, it's just the
1: way it happens.
0: Oh man! But now I'm hungry too. So, um, yeah, I, it's it's fine if you if you saw my look. Sean sending me a text saying it's fine if you saw my look. Um, I I don't I don't know. I really don't know what happened there. So, <laughs> thank you all for your patience. Thank you, Sean, for sticking it out with us. I know that you had other things you were supposed to do tonight. So we appreciate you being. Uh, in the producer's chair for tonight's show. Thank you to everyone that was a part of the the chat. Very active chat again tonight. We appreciate it a lot. We're back in two weeks, and uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, recent stuff that's been happening in the Jurassic franchise, most notably the poster. We're going to be taking a look at, uh, you know, some of the stuff that's going to be possibly behind the scenes uh, from Fast and Furious 9 and the new season of Camp Cretaceous. So uh, if you haven't seen it yet, get on Netflix, go get caught up. It won't take you more than a couple of hours. It's a pretty short binge, but it's full of really awesome dino nerdiness. So all of that is still to come on the next episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. A reminder to keep your eye out for uh, special exclusives here on Phantom Empire and as well as Phantom Empire Live every Tuesday and Thursday, the Rick and Morty show and so much more here on this channel. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Be on the lookout for when we're coming back. But until that time, good night, everyone.